This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good morning. I am joined this morning on our Smart Garden Show by Master Gardener Teresa Rooney to help you out uh, this morning. Good morning, Teresa. Good morning, Denny. How are you? I am doing quite well. You're sounding mighty fine this morning. Oh, good. And uh, all ready to, to get to work to help our listeners out. Uh, I, I keep, like a lot of gardeners, well, I'm not much of a gardener. That's why we rely on people like you, <laughs> uh, that we can't wait till spring. You know, I want to see that lawn again. I mean, I exactly. know it takes mowing and all that. You don't have to worry about mowing at your house, I know. I don't have to worry about mowing, just weeding. Just weeding, yeah. But I love but, to weed, so that's okay. So that works out. It, it, if you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, and, and you know, if, if you are a regular listener to the show, you know how busy we get. So don't wait. We'd love to help you out. If you have a question for a lawn or garden type of question for Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, call us or text us. Either one, same number, whatever works for you, 651-461-9226. If you want to chat with Teresa, great. If you just want to send her a text, Call that same number, 651-461-9226. All right, we've got, we still have snow on the ground, obviously. Uh, it, a lot of it will be diminishing as we, we move through uh, till uh, it's officially spring. Uh, and near 39 degrees today, what are you thinking about doing? What, what, what's on your mind as a master? Well, I've, I've been ordering seeds online, so I'm very excited. So as the seeds come in, I've got to spend just a day and figure out, you know, what do I need to do to start these seeds? Because I'm planning on direct sowing or putting them in the ground, directly in the ground, not in my house because my cat would eat them all. So I, I'm just going to have to figure out some of them will need a little bit of work beforehand. Uh, so I'm, 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 that's what I'm doing. I'm looking at the different seeds, and then one day I'm just going to sit down and, and figure out, okay, do, does this one need to be cracked first? Does this one need to be soaked? Does this one need, what, what preparations do I need for my seeds? So I've been looking, you know, at seed catalogs and dreaming and then looking outside and seeing the bunnies romping through my yard and hoping they're not doing too much damage out there. I don't see much damage, but that's that's kind of what I'm doing and thinking, what else can I do in my yard this year? Because I'll, I'll have some more time this year and, and be able to get out there. And what can I do to increase the health of my yard, the sustainability and resilience of my yard? Because the more sustainable and resilient your yards are, the more fun you can have in it, the more exciting it can be, and, and the less work it is for you. So then you can just, you know, focus your 
your chores and what you like. If you love pruning, you can, you know, plant some plants that need more pruning. Or if you love mowing grass, you can, you know, put in some more turf. If you don't like mowing grass, you can put in some more gardens or plant some trees. So it's just, it's an exciting time of the year and everything's just getting exciting. Yeah, And of course, dreaming about flowers and plants and herbs and veggies. Now, do you, Teresa, I don't know if I've ever asked you this, do you uh, uh, grow vegetables at all at your... I do grow vegetables, and I have bought some vegetable seeds this year for a change, and uh, so I'm going to be trying some different vegetables. I'm, I'm looking forward to that, and um, I have a chipmunk, not not a pet, but one <laughs> who inhabits my yard, and so I'm trying frantically to figure out what I can do so Chippy doesn't take the entire crop of vegetables and the squirrels don't take them because Chippy likes all of the uh, the the grape tomatoes and the cherry tomatoes and they'll eat all the insides and just leave me the skins mm-hmm. which is not what I'm going for there. And they so, never do the dishes. I know. And they That's never it. do the dishes and they don't <laughs> help with the mortgage. <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you, 651-461-9226. We're getting calls and text messages, Teresa. Let's uh, let's get to it. I think Roger may be the first up here calling uh, from Owatonna, Minnesota, this morning. Roger, good morning. What's your question for Master Gardener Teresa Rooney? Yes, uh, good morning. My question is this. Is this now the right time to be uh, pruning some crabapple trees? I've got about a half a dozen of them that are you know six feet tall or something, and I'd like to shape them. Just the right time? This is the right time, Roger. That's a great question, and that's something I was going to say that I have to do, too. I have to do some pruning. So this is a great time to be pruning your fruit trees and uh, any bushes that you'd like to prune out there, except those bushes, of course, that flower first thing in the spring, like the azaleas and lilacs and things like that. You don't want to trim those. But this is a really good time to get out there and prune and because you want to prune when you can see the the trees in without their leaves. So the leaves aren't aren't bothering you. They aren't distracting. You can really see the shape of the, the 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 plant. You know, get rid of those crossing branches, those water sprouts, everything else that you need to, to open up that crown and have a great apple tree. Good luck with your apples, yeah. Roger. A couple of related questions, Teresa. Text questions. Uh, can I one is can I still trim my oak tree? The other is what is the latest average deadline for trimming oak trees? So oak tree trimming, what do you think? Oak tree trimming. Um, I don't know what the official deadline is. I I really should have looked that up. Yes, you can prune your oak trees. Think about you can trim your oak trees and your elms and, and things like that if there's no insects outside. So if you see insects outside, they can be the vectors for the diseases that we see. So that means they're the carriers. They move it from one plant to another. So you don't want to trim those trees when there's a possibility of insects outside. So there's no possibility of insects or not a good possibility right now. So, yeah, go ahead, get those oaks and elms and all those ashes and everything. Go ahead and trim those up. Yep. Are you hearing yet, uh, or I can't remember what last year was like as far as the emerald ash borer, what, where we are uh, in that uh, in that area? I, I have not gotten up to date up to date up to date information on that. I, I apologize. I should have done. I have not gotten up to date up to date up to date information on that. I, I apologize. I should have done that. Uh, you could look at extension.umn.edu. 
and they should have update information on that. Uh, but we are seeing the emerald ash borers, so this is another good reason why you want to you want to go out there and inspect your trees and look at them. And then if you're planting a new tree, you know, it, uh, familiarize yourself with all the trees in your neighborhood and plant something different. Uh, go to the extension website. We'll give you some ideas about planting trees. We want a diversity in our tree population, our, our urban forests. Be, if you live in a city or your suburban forest, you want a good diverse population. Because if something, a disease or an insect comes in, you don't want to lose everything. Like we lost all of our elms and we lost all of our, or we're losing our ashes. You want to have a really good diverse tree population and that doesn't mean you want an autumn blaze maple and a fiesta maple. They're both maples. You need something else. Okay. So. Good idea. Tell you what, I'm being told we need to take a break. So let's okay. do that. We're getting more text messages as we speak. 651-461-9226. We're going to answer more lawn and garden questions uh, this hour. So don't wait. Give us a call. Give us a text. Six five one four six one nine two two six. You can ask Master Gardener Teresa Rooney those lawn and garden questions here in our Smart Garden Show on News Talk eight three zero WCCO. Still thirty three degrees in the Twin Cities. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. We are here every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour, thanks to folks like Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, helping you out this morning, either by phone or by text, as usual, 651-461-9226. Teresa, I want to grab some text messages, but before we do that, Kelly in Andover, I think, is on the horn to ask you a question. Kelly, uh, what is your question for uh, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney? Teresa, good morning. I was happy to hear your um, response to the inquiry about trimming trees back, but then you said no to the early flowering red apples and lilacs. I was going to cut back some lilacs this weekend. When should I cut them back? Kelly, thanks for asking your question. That's a really good a good question. You can cut them. It, it, it's okay. But what you're doing is you will be cutting off flowers. So if you really need to trim it, just understand you're cutting off the flowers. Otherwise, what you can do is as soon as they're done flowering in May, June, then go ahead within like two to three weeks, go ahead and give it a pruning then and you'll be okay. And then you'll still get some flowers next year or you should get some flowers next year, depending upon your pruning. So, yeah, you prune, but you're cutting the flowers. That's, you're cutting the flowers. Yep. Yeah. So you can trim those bushes. It's just understand. And sometimes you have to, you know, there's mm-hmm. there's reasons you have to. But you're just cutting off flowers when you do that. Teresa, this texture says this. I need to prune some panicle hydrangeas and knock out roses. How much can I remove of those? The roses, you can trim them back as much as you need to. Uh, if they're really big, you know, you can trim them back. You could almost go to the ground if you want to. Uh, it just would delay how much, how big your bush is going to get and, and how much you're going to see. The panicle hydrangeas, I would just trim to shape and trim to size. Um, and then whenever you're having to prune trees and shrubs, think about why you're pruning them. Are you pruning them just for an aesthetic reason? Are you pruning them for health? Or are you pruning them because they're getting too big? And if they're getting too big, think about, do you want to have to fight this fight every single season and year? 
or do you just want to move that plant somewhere else where it can get bigger and plant something that's the right plant for the right place. But you can go and just trim those back to size and to shape for your panicles. Mm-hmm. We are getting, uh, Teresa, a lot of pruning questions this morning. Uh, here's one about uh, when should one trim apple trees? Prune your apple trees right now. This is a good time to prune your apple trees. And remember, if you have to, when you're pruning, you only want to take off a maximum of 25% of the the tree at a time. Uh, Otherwise, it's really stressful for the tree. When you do a hard prune on apples or fruit trees, you're going to get a huge water sprout um, that year. You're going to get a lot of new sprouts coming up that go straight up. And with your fruit trees, and they're not going to produce anything for you. And those need to be taken off when they come out for you. Teresa, this listener says, I have Peruvian lily bulbs. I cut the plant down last year and dug up bulbs. When should I plant them and best location? Uh, best location. Okay. So planting them, I would start planting them up now to get them up and growing. Anytime in March and April, get them up and growing. Of course, you'll be planting them in your house. And then once the ground is warm, you can plant them outside or set your pots outside. Um, and I can't remember the rest of the... Oh, they. I don't know their light, light situation. So wherever you had them last year, uh, go ahead and put them in the same spot. I don't know how much light they need outside. I'm thinking they need a good amount of sunshine outside, though. Okay. Another pruning question. This one uh, now is now a good time to prune a Japanese yew. No. No. But that's a very good question. So don't prune your evergreens now. Wait till your most of your evergreens flush out their new growth, and then you can go ahead and trim back then at that time. That'll be more in April and May and June, so that's when you want to prune your evergreens. Thank you, whoever sent that text in. That's a good question. Here's our phone number. It also happens to be our text number, 651-461-9226. You can use that number to call in uh, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney or send uh, Teresa your text. Uh, here, here's a comment. Interesting. I, I heard this texter says we should do very minimal pruning this year because of the stress from the drought conditions last year. Any thoughts on that, they ask? That is exactly right. When when you're tired and stressed, you don't want more stress put on you. If you're exhausted from work or whatever, you don't want more stress put on you. Last year, we had a drought, and that was really hard on our plants and trees. So I would do minimal pruning that you need to do this year, and then just make sure that you can give them the water and all the love and attention they need Uh But that's a really good point. Thank you for pointing that out. Uh, Stress from last year or even the year before can show up later. It doesn't show up right away all the time. So you just want to don't don't add more stressors if you don't have to. And pruning is a stressor. Fertilizing is a stressor. Over and underwatering is a stressor. Transplanting is a stressor. There's a lot of stresses we can put on our plants. So you don't want to add stress after stress after stress. You just want to minimize what kind of pressure you're putting that plant under. So, yeah, I would, if you don't have to prune, you don't have to prune. If you have to prune, just do the minimal amount. Okay, good advice. Uh, You mentioned uh, it briefly uh, earlier in the show, and maybe we should make mention of it now. Great reading, especially in a rainy afternoon. If you have never checked out the University of Minnesota website, 
uh, extension.umn.edu. There is so much information there, and I, I want to get on there later this afternoon because <laughs> I'm so kind of anxious yeah. to get gar- the, the, my lawn in shape. Uh, mm-hmm. This year, and I know uh, that in the, all the good colleagues there have uh, put forth a lot of good information about kind of you know in sequence of what you should be doing, how to treat your lawn exactly. during the growing season. They have a great lawn care calendar, and they have uh, where you can go to the lawn section and see the diseases that you might have seen last year, and maybe think of some ideas of how you could prevent that. Or if you're wanting to start seeds and and your tomatoes had problems last year, go to the tomato problem diseases and figure out why, what happened and what those are. And then when you're starting seeds or buying plants, you can buy plants that are resistant to those problems or diseases possibly. So there's a lot of good information on there. There's links to seed trials that the Master Gardeners have done so you can get some ideas of of cool seeds you might want to try. for the beginner, intermediate, and very experienced gardener, there's links to all different things that you might want to try. So go on there. Just enjoy. There's probably not much on television. There's not much going on outside except slipping and falling in the rain and the ice and the snow. So just enjoy and look at pretty pictures and learn stuff. And <laughs> it, yeah. it is, yeah. it is and, just and a tremendous. You can get out of a lot of house chores while you're yeah. researching. Well, you're doing research, you're absolutely. Researching yes. so the other people in the house can be doing the vacuuming and the changing the cat litter and letting the dog in and out and making dinner. I like the way you think. Researching. All right. <laughs> Hang on, Teresa. We're going to take a break for weather. We'll see what, uh, when and how much rain we're expected to get or freezing rain or whatever the case may be. So stay with us. We're going to be back to our pruning show, among other things, <laughs> when we uh, get back after the weather. If you have a lawn or garden question, 651-461-9226. Call it in or text it in. Here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Stay with us. Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Thanks to people like Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, who is helping you out with your lawn and garden questions today. Uh, if you want to call in and chat with Teresa, great. Otherwise, uh, just send your text question at 651 461 9226. All right, Teresa, <laughs> another pruning question. All right. When is a good time to prune blueberry bushes? You can prune those any time. Well, as soon as you can get out there and the snow's not covering them, you can go ahead and prune them. Uh, you need to prune probably the older canes or branches that's what you're looking to do is prune out those old ones so new ones come up and then they can fruit for you Uh, and if you have pruning questions and we don't get to you today make sure you go to extension.umn.edu and it will give you ideas about how to prune and what you're pruning for you know what what does a cross branch cross branches look like uh, what is a double leader on a tree? Why are you pruning? You know, how to prune, uh, making the, the three-step cut if it's a bigger branch. Uh, and make sure that your pruners are nice and sharp when you're pruning. Okay, good idea. Uh, let's grab a phone call. I think David is calling in from uh, St. Paul, uh, I believe, this morning. Thanks for waiting, David. What's your question for Teresa? I have three beautiful arborvitaes that were planted by the previous owner but they were planted underneath a three-season porch that is on the second floor 
So now the tips of these trees are within five or six inches of the floor of that porch. Uh, can I just trim the tops off of those? Or will that harm the plant and stop them from growing? David, that's a good question. It won't stop them from growing, but you can prune them back a little bit on the top. Uh, you're not going to be doing a big cut where you where you cut them off, you know, in half. But they're always going to want to grow. So you may want to think, is there another plant you could put there that won't get as tall? Uh, but, yeah, you can do some pruning for a, for a few years to keep that so it doesn't you know, go into the, into the top of the or into the floor of the, the three-season porch. Okay, let's see here. <laughs> Looking around at more pruning questions. <laughs> Uh, here's an interesting, uh, we, uh, I'll just read it as is. We tap the silver maples in our yard every year and typically get enough sap from 10 taps to make three to six gallons of syrup. Ooh, wow. Now we tap. Wow. A, we, we <laughs> Those are big a, trees. Well, there's more to the story, Teresa. It says, we tapped a week ago as the predicted temperature swing seemed right most days, but no sap so far. Are we too early is one question, or has the drought had a negative effect on sap production? Hmm. Hmm, that's a good question. I would think that you're probably just a little too early. Uh, that would be my guess with these weird weather spring, weather um, swings that we're having. I don't know that the drought would be affecting the sap this year. Um, I, ha- I am going to have to research that. Okay. That's a really good question. I- I'm assuming it has some some influence on it. It depends on how stressed the tree was and how stressed the tree still is. But it's it shouldn't prevent you from getting sap at all. I think it's just too early yet. Still have time for your uh, lawn and garden question for Teresa at six five one four six one nine two two six. Is it a good time to prune hydrangea tree blossoms and branches? You can go ahead and prune those as you need to in shape. We do have a really good article on the Extension website about pruning specific hydrangeas. Now, some of those hydrangeas are going to bloom on only old wood. So any pruning you're doing, you could be cutting off the the blossoms that were formed last year or the buds that were formed last year for blossoms that you're going to see this year. So you want to make sure what kind of hydrangea you're looking at before you do some massive pruning. But if you need to prune off old dead stuff, old dead stuff is dead. It's never going to do anything. You just need to take that off, then that's okay to do. If you are just joining us, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney answering your lawn and garden quest this morning, again, either by phone or by text. Just one number to remember, 651-461-9226. Another listener wants to know about ash trees and pruning. How about those? Yep, it's okay to go ahead and prune your Worse. ash tree. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's no, there's no, you're not going to, there's nothing actively going on out there. So, yeah. This is in quotes, but the texter says the rabbits have, quote, pruned my, I can never pronounce this word right, is Wygela? Wygela. Mm -hmm. Oh, it is. Okay. Yes. Shrubs Mm -hmm. in a very uneven manner. Should I trim it so it's even or leave it and see how it recovers? Um, You may want to wait just a little bit longer uh, because the rabbits could do more pruning for you. They're just not a very talented group about pruning, but they are very enthusiastic about pruning. They just don't have good aesthetic skills for pruning. Uh, so either that or put up something to protect the Wygela that's there, and you can go ahead and just you know shape it up a little bit if you want. That's fine. Okay. But, yes, rabbits will, will prune very, very 
forcefully if sometimes for you. They do indeed. Um, I'm looking at this one uh, text, uh, Teresa. It said, I, I heard using eggshells in coffee grounds should not be added to the garden soil. First of all, is it true? I hope it's not. This is not true. If I can add eggshells and coffee grounds, are there plants that should I, I should not plant in the area? So what do you think about those those two things, eggshells, coffee grounds? Okay, so when you're adding coffee grounds, you're adding a little bit of nitrogen and, and some organic matter to the soil. So you need to either work that in or use a very thin thin layer of, of coffee grounds because they they sometimes get hydrophobic, they mat up and they will prevent water from growing down into the soil. But if you just sprinkle them lightly or you mix them into the soil, they're fine. Eggshells, crush them very well and you can mix them into your soil. I would make sure that they're nice and clean, so make sure make sure that you wash them out and dried them so they don't have still have eggs in them. Uh, otherwise they can attract raccoons and things like that, digging in the garden. Putting them in your soil, they'll release a little bit of calcium, but they're not going to do much. So so they're just kind of going to sit there for a really long time. They take a really long time to decompose. So they're not going to really add much to your soil, except some some space saving, some some organic matter. They're they're just, they're not going to add lots of nutrition right away to your soil or for a very long time. Uh, with the coffee grounds, there's some some maybe acidity to it, but not much. But if you have plants like Dianthus or something that's very sensitive and needs a high alkaline soil, I probably wouldn't put my coffee grounds around that or near that. But otherwise, most plants aren't really going to notice. It's not going to change the pH of your soil. It's like if you have an ocean and it's salty, and you throw a buck, a gallon water of fresh water into it, that little space for a while is less salty, but then the whole ocean just changes it, and mm-hmm. it's all salty again. So so that's what your soils do. They revert to what... It, it's really hard to change pH, is what I'm saying. It's really, really hard. So the, you may make some, some minor changes in some little areas, but it's not really going to impact much at all. Interesting. Well, thank you, Texter, for that. Uh, this listener says, can I put milky spore on my asparagus bed to control the asparagus beetles? If not, what should I use? I am in southwestern Minnesota. Now, I have not heard about milky spore for asparagus hmm. beetles. Again, what, what something is that? Teresa has to research. It's, a, it's a, a, an application. It's a spore, a fungus, or a, a bacteria that you will put into the soil, and it actually uh, attacks the grub larva of a lot of beetles and insects. Um, Smilky spore in Minnesota doesn't seem to work all that well. Our soils are maybe a little too cool for it. Works better in Illinois. Um, But now I'm thinking of it, perhaps it would work on beetle larva. I just don't know how active it would work on beetle larva, how effective it would be. I would probably go to the extension website and look on the asparagus and see what else you could use. Maybe something would be more efficient than milky spore. Okay, yeah, get check it out that extension. umn.edu website. We'll mention that again before Teresa leaves us here in a uh, few minutes. If you have a lot of garden question, we have more text to uh, pass along. Six five one four six one nine two two six. Thirty three degrees in the Twin Cities. We're heading to near thirty nine today, but it's going to be a rainy day. We might even hear some thunder. You stay with us here on News Talk 830. This is WCCO.
Hey, good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here, along with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, answering your lawn and garden questions. Keep in mind that in the 9 o'clock hour, Andy Lindis will be talking home improvement. So if you have any type of questions revolving around home improvement, you keep those in mind and give us a call or send a text next hour for uh, for Andy. In the meantime, uh, Teresa, I think Marty is calling in from Chaska, Minnesota this morning to ask you a question. Marty, what's your question for Teresa? Uh, it's regarding lilacs. I have three very mature lilacs, um, large main brand, main stems, and the squirrels have systematically just stripped in little strips all of the bark all the way around the biggest ones. Is there any hope for those? Uh, it depends, Marty. That's a really good question. So it could be the squirrels or the rabbits could be doing that to a depending upon where it is on the trunk of the the branch or the the stem. Uh, if what what will probably happen is if that is too deep and it's gone into the living layer of the stem all the way around, the stem can't bring water and nutrients up and down. So there's no more communication and the top will die. The lucky thing is with big lilacs is they have a big root system and that is like you prune it and then it will send up suckers and within two to three years you will have blooms on those suckers. So that could be something good. There's nothing you can do except put uh, something around it so they can't get to it. Maybe a tree wrap. uh, That probably won't work because squirrels can bite right through paper. But if it's rabbits, a fence will work, and that will keep it off. Uh, you'll just have to see what how the how the lilac can recover from that. Um, there's nothing you can really do. You could try some repellents, spray a repellent. There is something you can do. Uh, spray a repellent that does repel rabbits and ra- uh, squirrels and things like that. And that will be, you could probably spray it right on the trunk or spray it right in the snow. After the rain and, and the cold weather, you do have to reapply that more frequently you, than you would in the dry summer. Um, good luck with your lilacs, Marty. Squirrels are so much fun. This listener says this, Teresa, I have the jade jitters plant. It is half dead, half alive. Any suggestions? A jade plant? Yeah, that's that what, what this is. Okay. So that's a house plant. Um, there's, there's always opportunity if it's still half alive. What I would do is pull out the pot from, or the plant from the pot, see what the roots are doing. If the roots are rotted, uh, take out all those rotted roots, and hopefully there'll be some live roots. Put it in fresh soil and water it in. Anything that's dead, cut it off because it, it just won't, you don't have to look at it anymore. Dead is not going to come back. It's never going to recover. But the rest you could try to keep alive that way. But you want to figure out why half of it died. Did it get too close to the window and freeze? If that's the case, just move it away from the window. Uh, did it get broken because the kids knocked it off and bent some branches? You know, what happened? Why did that die? Did it get root, root rot? Um, mellow out on the watering and make sure that the pot has drainage. And then, of course, repot it in fresh soil if that's the case. Good luck with your jade. This uh, listener says this, I usually wait until Memorial Day, but with the last frost date coming earlier, when will you start putting transplants in your garden? Oh, I get to give you my favorite Master Gardener response. Oh, good. It depends. It depends. And and I say that because if you're transplanting things like lettuces, go ahead and put them in fairly soon, as soon as the soil is cool, workable and not frozen anymore. If it's tomatoes, wait until that soil has warmed up. It it 
when the air is warm, it takes a really long time for the soil to warm up. You want that soil to be 60 to 70 degrees when you're putting tomatoes in. So either get a soil thermometer and test it or just just be patient. Even Unless we get a really early spring and it stays warm for a really long time, I would still just probably wait till Memorial Day. You're not losing anything. You'll put your your plants into nice warm soil and the the tomatoes will take off. If you put tomatoes or squashes into cold soil, the 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 ecology of that soil is not going to support the tomatoes. The 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 bacteria and fungus and all the little critters that they need to live aren't there. So those roots die and they may kill the whole plant or your plant may be stunted or it may just not do anything all season long for you. So just be patient. It's better to put them in warm soil and just be on the safe side. Unless you know that soil is nice and warm, don't put your tomatoes in. Cool season crops, go ahead and put those in um, when the soil's cooler. Okay. Hey, we actually get a lawn question. All right. How can you get rid of spots in my lawn because of my female dog? <laughs> Kills the grass. What do you, would you suggest? That That is a, a really good question, and we get that a lot. Um, there are some things you can do. First of all, teach your dog to go in one spot, maybe on some rocks, uh, some nice sanded area, or a, a nice um, a nice uh, mulch area, uh, and just teach your dog to go there and not on the lawn. May not be possible. Old dogs and new tricks sometimes don't work. So in that case, then what you can do is just as soon as your dog pees on the on the lawn, take your your hose and wash it out. You're going to dilute that extra fertilizer she has put down otherwise once the spots are there just rake up the soil get all the dead grass out of there and replant Uh, you can use seeds or you can use the seeds that come in all that little green stuff the little fluffy stuff that has uh, like a mulch and fertilizer in it Uh, those are your options it just is what it is dogs and grass just like this grass yeah. and shade just don't go together that yeah. well. Um, so so you just, or just say, hey, we have a cool, interesting yard with lots of weird spots in it. And that's what we have because we love our our little Fido so much. We, we're, we're opting one over the other. A couple minutes to go, Teresa. Uh, here's an interesting, you mentioned cleaning uh, our, our garden tools. Uh, this text has kind of two questions. The best way to clean pruners, and is there a willow disease that is spread by pruning? How do you? What's the best way method to clean stuff? The best method, um, if if you're cleaning them, you can use um, a disinfectant wipe. You can use um, a bleach solution that's really going to be hard on your on your prune on your pruners. If you know you're pruning. Uh, something that could have a disease, you want to swipe and and clean that that pruner every single time with each pruning cut you make. I don't know about a specific willow disease, but if your willow does have a disease and you're pruning it out, I would then, you know, make your cut, clean your pruner, make your next cut, clean your pruner. And when you're all done, clean your pruner again and maybe top it with a little... um, a little bit of oil or something just to kind of protect that surface that you've been so tough on with the bleach. Uh, th- that's a really good question. You you want to keep your, your pruners nice and clean. Here's a comment. I think it's a good one to end on. And this texture says this, I realize that many people want the perfect manicured lawn, but more encouragement to consider pollinator habitat would be appreciated if done with forethought and can be absolutely beautiful. 
so oh, there. it is. Yeah, the you, um, Minnesota is running a lawns to legumes program, so you may want to look into that. You can actually get help to turn your lawn into something that's more bee friendly. And to my mind, having those those white clovers and the the creeping thyme and the green grass is such a beautiful mosaic. And you can still have spots of plain green grass with accents with these flowers, and it's just gorgeous. Do you think, Texter wants to know, would an 80-year-old pine tree change the pH level of the soil under it? It, it could a little bit, but the, the thing that you're looking at there more is the soil is so depleted of nutrients and it's so dry because of the umbrella part of the, of the tree and the roots have taken all the, the moisture out and then it's really shady. That's why you get such bare areas under it. Um, you can always do a soil test if you're taking out your tree or you want to know the pH of the soil. I would definitely suggest that if you're planting something that's sensitive to pH. But the tree, again, uh, the the pines, the pines up north are in different soils, so it's very acidic up there. The pines down here, they'll help a little bit with the acidity, but not much. Our soils are so alkaline in the southern part of the state. Um, but it's more of an issue with the with the dryness and the lack of um, nutrients in the soil. Teresa, we are plum out of time, but uh, okay. thank you for your time today. It's My always pleasure. fun having you on the air. And, Good to uh, talk to you. And you as well. We'll talk soon. And if you want to take uh, friends or relatives, get to the Arboretum. We always like to remind you to do that. Look that up. The Landscape Arboretum is a marvelous place. And check pancake out... Pancake Breakfast is coming up. Ooh, Pancake Breakfast. Sounds good to me, like right now. <laughs> no, uh, it's not now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not right now. Thanks, Teresa. Thank you. And uh, if you want to get some great reading in on a rainy afternoon, uh, check out the University of Minnesota website, the extension.umn.edu. In the meantime, get those home improvement questions ready for Andy Lindis. That's uh, coming up next hour. See, right now in the Twin Cities, fog and mist. Have a rainy afternoon, maybe a thunderstorm, too. Right now in the Twin Cities, 33 degrees. Stay with us on CCO. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.